Hey guys, this is Dan, and I'm sure you're starting to get the idea that I'm just a little bit of a nerd, and that I'm definitely more than a little bit fascinated by the topic of artificial intelligence. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again, I believe that AI will sooner rather than later become a make or break event in the course of human history. In other words, I think it has the potential to bring us to the next level or to just as easily drag us back into the Stone Age or even worse, right into the past. The past is an extinct. You know, I like to mess around with ChatGPT and the other day I asked some pretty serious questions concerning its ability to understand the questions that I was asking and to provide coherent and logical answers. And I was surprised at the level of sophistication that's shown by this program. And mind you, this is only GPT-3 that I'm playing with. They already have GPT-4 out, and the word is, is that GPT-5 will be out maybe even before the end of the year. And each successive generation is leaps and bounds ahead of the last. And while so far, ChatGPT has been a text-only chatbot, the rumor is that GPT-5 is going to include graphics and sound as well. Now, let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever thought it would be cool to have the ability to take thoughts out of your head and put them directly into someone else's? Wouldn't it be neat if we could plant ideas directly into someone else's mind that would then take root and grow on their own? Well, turns out that we all have this capability because we have language. And language is a tool that allows us to convey our thoughts, ideas, and emotions directly to other people. It allows us to share our internal mental processes with others, which means that by using our words, we can transfer thoughts from our own mind into someone else's. And whether it's through verbal communication, through spoken or written words, or by artistic representations, such as through music or painting or sculpture that describes our experiences or shares our knowledge or emotions, we can transfer these thoughts to other people so that they can understand our perspective and our mental state. We can actually influence other people's thoughts, other people's beliefs, and other people's opinions, but they can influence ours as well because language serves as a bridge between individual minds and it allows us to transfer our thoughts and our ideas from person to person and it allows us to engage in social interactions and collaborate on projects and most importantly to have the ability to record and build upon our collective knowledge and humans aren't unique in this ability all living things possess at some level the ability to communicate. Even single-celled life forms such as bacteria can communicate with one another through a process called quorum sensing. And this is a way for these organisms to exchange information and to coordinate their behavior based on the local population density. And this allows them to respond as a group to changes in the environment. And instead of words, they use chemicals to signal one another. But it's still communication. The plant world 
also has its own methods of communication as well, as do insects and every other animal. And the more advanced the animal, the more complex the level of communication has to be. And that brings us full circle back to the topic of ChatGPT. Let me tell you just a little bit about this conversation that I was talking about. I asked ChatGPT the following question. Do you even understand what it is that you're saying? How can you come up with these answers without a fundamental understanding of what those words mean and how they fit together? And here was ChatGPT's response. I used my training to analyze the context, the structure, and the meaning of the statement. I then applied language patterns, knowledge, and reasoning abilities to expand upon the topic in a coherent and meaningful way. The output is a result of statistical associations and patterns in the data that I've learned from, rather than a true comprehension or awareness. In short, I generate responses by predicting what comes next in a given context based on patterns in the data I was trained in. While the results can often be coherent and insightful, they are not a result of true understanding or consciousness. So guys, in other words, we're trying to build machines that can analyze words and make connections that make sense to us. And these AI programs have the ability to use language just like we do, only they don't. Because with them, it's all about statistical associations and patterns. It's not understanding or consciousness. And all of these AI language models are prone to falling into a situation called hallucination. And this is when the model generates a response to the prompt that isn't accurate or factual at all. Because the model is analyzing words and the patterns and how they interact, the answer may sound plausible and coherent, but it could still be flat out wrong. And if you're like me and you ask the question because you didn't know an, the answer, then if the answer sounds logical, even though it's wrong, then we can easily take it as fact. Remember, these models are limited by the training data itself. And if the data is false or incomplete or has biases present, then the output, no matter how logical it sounds, is going to be false or incomplete or biased as well. Now, this shouldn't be a problem as long as we're all aware of it, right? I mean, we should be able to utilize AI wherever we can and just know that we have to take all of the resulting output with a grain of salt. Wrong. Because you know as well as I do, we won't do that. Because we've all become accustomed to being asked to suspend disbelief on a daily basis. We've been trained over and over to set aside our skepticism and our doubt and to not exercise our own critical judgment of just about everything that's going on around us. I mean, whether it's a movie or a TV show or a good book, or maybe our favorite talking head on the TV set or a politician that spews out things that they know we want to hear, we have to suspend our disbelief so that we can fully engage with the message and immerse ourselves into it. 
Now, when it comes to movies and books and other forms of entertainment, the suspending disbelief is necessary. In order to enjoy Back to the Future, you had to let yourself believe that it was possible to travel back in time in a DeLorean. Or if you're a fan of Anne Rice's vampire novels, you have to set aside your skepticism and buy into the fantasy world that she's created in her books. But when it comes to politicians, and the news media, and even our spiritual leaders and our healthcare professionals, it's always good to maintain just a bit of healthy skepticism. These guys need to be able to defend their stances and be willing to earn our trust. It never hurts to ask for a second opinion. But you see, when it's on a computer screen or it's on the screen on our phone, then it's automatically trusted by a lot of us. And when it comes to something like AI, which is supposed to have access to all this data that we don't have access to at our fingertips, then the risk is that we'll just trust it because we don't have any reason not to. At least not yet. And I think we need to keep in mind a couple of quotes from two of the greatest minds of the 20th century. The first is a quote from Arthur C. Clarke. And he said, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Think about that. And the second quote is from Albert Einstein. And it's a little dark. He said, I do not know with what weapon World War III will be fought, but World War IV will be fought with sticks and stones. Now, I'm sure you've all heard the term smoke and mirrors. And this expression refers to the use of deception or trickery to create a false or misleading impression. And it refers to situations or actions that are meant to distract and confuse people or to make something appear more impressive or significant than it really is. Or like in the case of the old stage magicians and illusionists where the term originated, they use smoke and mirrors to misdirect attention and to trick the audience with a spectacle so that something else would go completely unnoticed. And in today's political climate, smoke and mirrors can refer to any situation where something's presented in a way that hides the true nature or the intention that's behind it. And we're constantly being bombarded with smoke and mirrors from the advertising we see, the news commentary we hear, to politicians, to entire nation states playing high stake games. The world is full of misleading and deceptive things that are designed to distract us from what's going on behind the scenes. But AI, I think, is not smoke and mirrors because it's very real and it's getting more and more powerful as days, weeks, and months go by. And while they're developing it and they're saying they want to use it for benevolent purposes, such as curing disease or addressing security concerns or climate change, the real risk is in the fact that something that can think faster than humans yet lacks humanity itself is only going to be driven by its programmed objectives. And in a world full of ransomware attacks, cyber espionage, identity theft, and fraud, 
it's pretty safe to assume that not everyone who gets their hands on this technology is going to be trying to cure cancer. But it's not just about the risk of the technology falling into the wrong hands. That's just a short-term risk. I mean, that's a given. Just think about the atomic bomb and how much effort it's required to stop the proliferation of that technology. And it's not working. More and more countries, despite our best efforts, are becoming nuclear powers. And AI, even if it doesn't fall into the wrong hands, could easily cause harm to humanity if it finds that doing so furthers its progress towards meeting its program directives. So let's just imagine this. What if we were to develop a super artificial intelligence and we told it to do whatever was necessary to reverse climate change? So imagine if it goes to work, it does the math, and it decides that the biggest problem that the planet has is that there are just too many people on it. So how would it fix the problem? Well, it could figure out a way to kill off a few billion of us. Or maybe it wouldn't because we may have had the foresight to tell it it couldn't do that. So maybe then it might develop a way to slow down or halt birth rates by introducing contraceptives into our food supplies or by designing a virus which would cause infertility. Maybe it would even study demographic patterns and decide which populations needed to be culled because they use the most resources and they cause the most harm to the environment. And then what if we figured out what was going on and we started to try and shut this thing down before it could accomplish its programmed objectives? What might it do? I don't know, knock out our internet, disable all of our satellite communications, scramble all of our radio and television signals, shut off our power? You get the picture. You see, no matter how much technology we have and how advanced we think we are, we haven't changed a whole lot since the very beginning. We still fall victim to the same vices and have the same weaknesses that we've always had. That's why we still have timeless myths and stories that hold just as much truth for us today as they did for people thousands of years ago. Have you ever heard of the story of Pandora's box? Or have you read in the Bible about the fall of Adam and Eve? These are what they call archetypal stories. And an archetype is a recurring symbol or theme that's found across different cultures and historical periods. And these stories tap into fundamental aspects of the human experience and of our basic psychology and they resonate with people across generations because they address universal themes and truth about us. Have you ever heard of a Trojan horse? If you've been around computers for any amount of time and you've had to worry about malware or viruses, then you probably know what a Trojan horse is. But it's something that initially we welcome in because it seems harmless maybe even beneficial. But then once we let it inside and its payload is released, it can really mess things up really quick. And I think if we're not careful, AI could very well become a Trojan horse. 
But then again, so could social media. Or so could any number of social or political movements that are going on right now. I mean, folks, all I'm saying is we need to know the difference between when it's okay to suspend disbelief and when it's not. And we need to keep in mind that anytime we have to give up something in exchange for something else, that the trade-off isn't always going to be even or even in our favor. And we need to know that if we allow ourselves to become too dependent upon any technology or any institution for that matter to address problems for us, we run the risk of losing the ability to address those problems for ourselves. And there's a term for that, and it's called learned helplessness. And I really think that right now, as a society, that we need to ask our leadership to be more proactive in regulating the development and the implementation of artificial intelligence. Because in the past, the government has always been behind the curve when it comes to understanding in regulating new technologies, but in this case, I don't think we'd ever have a chance of catching up to a superior intelligence. Anyway, that's enough about that. And I'm going to go ahead and leave you in peace until next week. But don't forget, new episodes come out every Tuesday. And I just want to remind you that I'm sitting over here cooking up all these ideas for content. And if you don't like what you're hearing, or if you have some other ideas that I could explore, then I'm counting on you to let me know. You can shoot me an email at secondwindpodcast.reply at gmail.com. And there's a Facebook group too. You can search for Second Wind Podcast on Facebook and you can ask to join. And please, please share this podcast with other people that you think may want to listen to it as well. I appreciate your support and I'll talk to you next time. And until then, stay well.